1: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs
2: Daily Podcast. This is Paul
3: Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs.
2: And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon show. where the voice just about held out. You're
3: sounding quite good now.
2: Yes, uh, you're, you're, uh, you'll find out why I'm sounding like this today. And, it, yeah, it is fairly obvious, I guess. Um, so, uh, yes, we had a chat with Danny Kelly. We had a good look back over the Premier League weekend, yeah, which uh, we always enjoy.
3: A lot of things got decided. I yeah, think. yeah, they
2: certainly Not really did. There's too so, much left, I don't think. I hope you enjoy that. And uh, we also spoke to Luke Still, who played at Manchester United back in the day. He was at Peterborough and Barnsley and other clubs. But he retired as a striker, mm. uh, having played most of his professional career as a goalkeeper. And yeah. he gave us a it bit a good, of insight into that. And a lovely story about mm. the two managers in the forthcoming Championship playoff game. So. Uh, Yep, Luke uh, was uh, was really interesting. So, we'll bring you that. We had a chat, Andy, didn't we? We did. You got involved, usual stuff. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Can I apologise for the voice straight oh, off? Oh, yes, no problem. I was not on a bendy yesterday. I was at a wedding, <laughs> uh, a Sunday wedding, which, if you don't have the following day off, can take its toll. But it was a lovely day. Congratulations <laughs> to Danny and Alex. Had a lovely time as uh, my friend's son, who I've known since about... He's about six months old. Oh. So, a lovely day. Brilliant. Anyway, Sweet. sorry That's about lovely. the voice.
3: No, no, it's, uh, it's quite like it myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, fine. Very nice. Well, yes, that was another. I don't think I've ever been less excited watching a Chelsea game in my life or less nervous or less anything. Just completely nunged. no jeopardy. Thank you very much, Todd Bowley. <laughs> <God> <laughs> you won't be saying that when he pumps another 500 no, don't million want in. I not wanting to pump another 500 million. I just wanted to buy one striker and let the manager get on with it without interfering. That's it. Right, okay. Right, it's going to be hard. I think Stan's right when he says Stan Collingmore. It's going to be very hard for any other teams. You know, it's going to be at least eight teams at the top of the league, even 10 next season. You know, so it's going to be hard for Pochettino. It's not going to be easy. It's, it's not such an easy no, job. No, but it
2: will be will be steering in the right direction. You've still got but lots of good players. The
3: league has got a slight problem now. It's a bit. I mean, honestly, yes, it was getting a bit
2: by Munich. Do you?
3: Well, it is a bit. It's a bit red. Bull, Although isn't they're it? about to lose the league, potentially. No, but it's about. It's a bit F1. That's the problem.
2: Well, what are we going to say then? No,
3: no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, to, it is
2: so like Manchester. Verstappen, is that what you're claiming yeah, at the moment? Yeah,
3: yeah, and, uh, and of course they're brilliant. But I mean, you know, their reserves were good enough to beat us yesterday.
2: Yeah, I, I eight don't. changes. We're well, talking to Danny uh, yeah. about this. Um, yeah, I mean that's the thing that yeah. it, it's very difficult to get that kind of strength in depth and to have a team that you can take out some of the moving parts, but you don't mm. really see the joy. And that's the that's the dream. No, they're not
3: brilliant. There's, there's no question about it. But it's just a bit. Tedious, isn't it? I mean, everything. Well, unless you're a City fan, Well, yeah, no, of absolutely. But everything's done, really. I think the top four yeah. will be done by before next Sunday. Even, I think this may be the worst last day ever. And that should concentrate people in the league. They should think about that because I think virtually everything's going to be done would do
2: you want them some sort of handicapping system we start no, to put weights in Erling Haaland's <laughs> shirt
3: like he's a thoroughbred racehorse it's a problem though it is a problem i mean the the games themselves are competitive and that's yeah. and they're good and they're fun and that's good but you know it's hard to say. That it's been a vintage season. I don't think so. Anyway, but then I am completely. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, by the fact that you know, know I've hated every single minute of it, yeah. <laughs> it and I've not
2: particularly enjoyed <laughs> no. enjoyed it either. So uh, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, somebody to get the listeners going uh, this afternoon uh, is you probably saw Beyonce had a bit of a spend up in Nando's. Yeah, she was doing a gig in Edinburgh, and uh, she uh, contacted them um, for all of her team. I guess yeah. the dancers. I doubt the, it was her. The musician. I don't think she rang She up put the order in. Hello, it's
3: Beyonce here.
2: Hello, there. well, she put she put Beyonce on the receipt. Did you notice yeah It was, for Beyonce, that? yeah. It was uh, that's. I wonder how many people think it can't be that one. It was, can't it, be. The it was same a
3: brilliant one. headline. Explained honestly, the Sun came up with a brilliant uh, headline. Yeah. Nando should have put a wing on it. Oh, of course, they, of course, they had to tell you that the. Uh, the put a ring on it singer, yeah, we know. Yeah, if you don't know, <laughs> you're undermining your own headline. Makes no
2: point. The reason I bring it up is, I mean, it would have been great if it wasn't. Hello, it's Beyonce here. So then that's four, <laughs> four a piece, and we want. Yeah, um, yeah but it'd be great, wouldn't it, going right through the whole thing. But anyway, the reason I bring it up is she did it under her own name. Yeah, uh, which was, you know, she could have just made. She could have said uh, Nolsey. To
3: be honest, I think the All only thing Nolsey. she had anything to do with it was when she went. I fancy Nando's and. She got hers and she ate it. That was it. She had nothing else to do with it. From you've that taken
2: point. all the magic out of this story. I've got her on the phone for fifteen minutes before she goes on. on. Like, I can't be much longer because I'm, I'm just. This is halfway through a costume not change. on the phone. But she could have used a fake name. I imagine at mm. times when she sort of books into places, yeah. she'll have a she'll have a fake yeah, name. She might do, Maybe yeah. it is Knowlesy. Maybe she go at Knowlesy. She goes <laughs> under that. But um, yeah, we were just wondering if you have you ever come up with uh, a fake name. There's a, the the kids these days, Andy. I mean, when you were a child, if you wanted a flagon of ale, uh, you would mm. just go into the pub and, and yeah. try and do a slightly deeper voice. Um, but these days, the the kid you need ID. And yeah. the kids, I mean, not that I condone this, but it's been, the it's kids, been going. For years, the kids this. have the fake ID, oh, yeah, don't yeah, we, yeah, we, we yeah, remember. That was of course, around when my kids were young. From uh, Superbad, McLovin, mm. and um, <laughs> I think that that is often the great source of very poor. Um, made up names but anyway if you've ever got if you've gone Mm. under a nom de plume if you've invented a little fake name for yourself tell us what it was and why I'd be interested to know Uh, talksport.com forward slash H&J text to 81089 tweet to TSH&J
3: talking of names it was a great goal by Casemiro on the weekend and we'll talk about it does anyone know his first name? I think he looks like a Bert. I've got him as Bert Casemiro. Okay. Uh, I, I saw him as a Len. <laughs> Len. Let's it's obviously a... one of these Brazilian long names. Well, it, it, well he's,
2: yeah, he's Brazilian, that's why. is
3: Casemiro it. part of the name, or is it something, 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 Rodriguez? Carlos something?
2: Enrique Casemiro.
3: Oh, well, there you go. Charles, Charles, Charlie Casemiro. Charlie, Charlie Casemiro. Okay, fair Chuck. enough. Chuck. Chuck Ch- Casimiro. That's what I'll call that's him. That's a from good now. name,
2: isn't it? Yeah, that's that's very good. So, um, yes, maybe he calls himself Chuck when he's. when
3: Ooh, he's why not, yeah. Chuck Henry. <laughs> Chuck, uh,
1: yeah, Carlos Enrique. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: Good afternoon. Paul Hawksby and Annie Jacobs here on Talksport. We are after fake names uh, this afternoon. If uh, you care to come tell us your tales of why you decided to do that, and indeed, what you came up with. Um, Danny Kelly joins us now to look back over the Premier League weekend. Have you ever operated under a fake name, Dan?
4: Uh, do you know, I, uh, Paul, I'm not sure I have. A, uh, there's almost no question you can't ask me that I haven't got an instant answer about.
2: But <laughs> I've I, stumped you I, I must say,
4: I must say, no, no, the only issue now is that, um, of course, I... Um, I'm called. I'm called Danny Kelly. I'm z radio I'm personality. <laughs> there is another Danny Kelly, isn't yeah. there, who yes. works in the radio? Recently released by the national broadcaster, appears now on um, some of the more um, likely watched uh, TV channels, shall we call them? <laughs> yeah. um, banging on about about p- parking and stuff. So I may have to change my name completely in order to avoid that confusion. <laughs>
3: People thought it was you, didn't they? I saw on Twitter. Yesterday. Did they? Yeah.
2: Wow.
4: Well, he's a he he's he's a sort of um, well upholstered chap and all the rest of it. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to be honest. Shall I be absolutely truthful with you? Mm. Um, my old BBC London colleagues. We used to meet up for a reunion uh, once a year at the uh, at Lords for the Middlesex against Surrey, mm. um, whatever the T20 or Blast match it was. Mm. And the only way they could get me in on the BBC pass was to use his name and picture. Um, so I have actually. <laughs> perso- well. so, uh. I, I'm so, yeah. So I have impersonated <laughs> him in the past without you. So I've not used a false name. Yeah. But I've
3: used false ID. So you, did for sure. a, you did have some you, sort of anecdote. You've gone under,
4: he's gone under the false uh, name uh, of Danny or, Kelly. Yeah.
3: That's it. Anyway, Andy, I
4: was forced to. I was forced to dig it out. Of Let's
3: have a look at City reserves against. How's
4: my head today? Not too purple. No,
2: no, you've gone back to your normal Pantone colour, your regular one. Let's
3: have a look at City reserves against the hopeless disaster eleven.
2: Yes, uh, this is Manchester City one mm. Chelsea nil. Yeah, eight changes uh, to the recognised uh, lineup. As we said, much like uh, as Morgan Wise used mm. to say, you can't see the join even when they do that. Um, So uh, do you you feel this doomsday scenario that Andy's been talking about, this idea of it being the way that it's been with Bayern Munich in the past that they will dominate for the next five, six years plus? until
3: Pep goes, basically. Um,
4: Look, the finances of the English Premier League mean that that is less likely to happen than what's happened in Germany. But we cannot ignore the fact they've won five out of six uh, Premier Leagues now, Manchester City. Um, They've won several of the League Cups they're going to, they've got every chance to win the FA Cup this year. Um, they are the dominant team in, in, in English football by a mile. Now, of course, we are beholden as journalists to say all this has been achieved with a wonderful football with a genius manager and 115 charges hanging over their heads and mm. a £30 million fine uncontested for previous misdemeanors. The trouble is there's no sanction that any football authority could bring to Manchester City that would mean anything because, frankly, um, they are the people in Manchester City are bigger than any of, of these leagues and would just lock them up in the courts forever and ever, amen. City fans won't thank me for saying that, but that is the background mm. to their wonderful football team. No, yeah. it's true,
3: everybody knows co- that, you know. But they're, they're yeah. not, We're going to discuss this
2: with Kieran Maguire a little yeah. bit yeah. later on. I mean, we could be looking at you, two World Cups before get we get to, a conclusion to this. You do you ever
3: know? get to the position when, with your own team where you really hate a player you just think, I never want to see you ever again? I tried harder than Kai Havertz yesterday. That is getting off my sofa. Okay. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I the bloke is just I don't know why he keeps picking him. Lampard's tactics honestly, picking players like Aspilaqueta, he's definitely gonna go. What's the point? You saw Cole Palmer run past him in the first minute. He thought, Oh, for God's sake, surely he'd be better off picking <laughs> a youngster or or I don't know, Blade Loftus, she yeah. can write back but somebody can run. Don't, you know, Aspillita has been great, but don't keep picking him. Frank points.
2: Lampard, Andy said he saw progress. He thinks it, it, it was moving in the right direction yesterday. Yeah, really,
3: I didn't. I mean, they had you know they the usual situation where they created a few chances and didn't take yeah. them. But you know that would have only just annoyed City. They would have just you know yeah. It was really funny and when, he, when he brought De Bruyne in Hull and Harlan. I was like "Oh, don't bring on De Bruyne as well. Be happy with a one-nil. I'm written. Yeah. You don't. Need, you don't need to give him any tactics. You're going to win anyway. It's like really giving him a detailed thing of what yeah. to do. De Bruyne.
2: <laughs> he could have just said, "Done a he'd just go out there and run about yeah. a bit." As like he said yeah. to Pav
4: to Pav, he should have said, "That's a to Kai Havertz." Actually,
3: it wasn't a thrashing because Forrest sorted that by beating Arsenal. So yeah. you know, but they
2: are. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, uh, uh, I, I, I enjoy watching Manchester City well, where you can park. We can course. park park everything else, but just for the pure beauty of the game and the way they play, it, it's it's a yeah. joy to watch.
4: Oh look, but the, the the genius is undeniable. He has won the title in recent years with actual wingers, inverted wingers, a false nine, and a target man. Mm. He's, he's having for his own amusement. Guardiola's having to. Find ways to amuse himself by, you know, finding new ways to play defenders out of position. Of course, he's never wanted defenders. He would prefer to have eight midfield players if he could. <laughs> it's been an amazing season, and they are an amazing football team. They are, mm. they are. no question. I'm about separating them from club there. Yes. <laughs> well,
2: look, we move on then mm. to Nottingham Forest. One Arsenal nil, a confirmation that was effectively all over our, for Arsenal in that game. Um, I said a few weeks ago in this slot that I was a Bit fearful that looking how perilous it was for Forrest that Mr. Maranakis may decide to pull the trigger. I didn't want him to because I think Steve Cooper's done a great job, but I was, a, you know, a, but he didn't. And it's very interesting that
3: yeah, uh, the, the teams
2: that stayed up,
3: they didn't get rid of their managers.
2: Well, yeah, David Moyes has got a European final to look yeah. forward to. Sometimes you just got to hold your nerve, haven't you?
3: I mean, first of all, let's
4: say what an amazing achievement is by Nottingham Forrest to stay up um, with all of the changes at the club. Um, it goes against all the logic that you always hear spouted by experts and football men. Um, so an incredible achievement for Cooper and his players, absolutely. This was also one of a recurring theme this weekend of job done. Nottingham Forest had the job done and had the luxury of playing beautifully in the sunshine. in a, in a game that, you know... Again, defied logic. Arsenal had eighty-two percent possession in that game. Eighty-two percent. Mm. Um, so Nottingham Forest, but and yet Nottingham Forest didn't look particularly uncomfortable to me. And I think the days of possession only being the only way of winning football matches are d- d- receding now in the rear view mirror, aren't they? People, coaches know how to do this now. How to oh, yeah, absorb definitely. a certain amount of possession and, and hit people. Um, with you know, with a few chances you get. Brentford at Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, Four shots on target, three goals. (laughs) Yeah, very much the Brentford way. But
3: uh, uh, there's a a guy on Twitter called Chelsea Youth. He's a very knowledgeable bloke. And he was talking about Steve Cooper. And he said that, you know, as a former FA man, if he can get his levels with Forrest up to sort of where Southgate was, he's absolutely the the successor for Gareth Southgate. because He's won a trophy as an England coach. Yeah, because he's a former FA man. They trust him and all the things... the FA for criteria. And yeah, thought, it's, a, it's a good point. I, I hadn't seen that point raised before. I thought, yeah, that's an interesting point. Actually, he, he probably will, but oh, he has got to do that. Forrester's got to have a would, decent would, season. Would, would season. England
4: accept a, a foreign manager?
2: Yes, of course. Welsh, Welsh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, his dad, <laughs> we, old mates of Keith, the, the former Premier <laughs> League referee. Yeah, he's uh, already
3: married, married, managed the under 21 Yes, he has. <laughs> married, yeah. uh, oh, under-21. if only he'd <laughs> married the under 21 team, <laughs> that would be <laughs> something.
2: What a strange story. But yeah, the home form kept him up, as everybody yeah. kept saying throughout the season. What a season
3: for oh. Gibbs White. What a play. Yeah, Tremendous. excellent.
2: There yep. uh, seemed a lot of money in some people's eyes, but a good yeah, bit of business, wasn't business. it, ultimately? Mm. Let's have a look then at uh, Bournemouth. Nil Manchester United. One an old uh, Charlie Casimiro chuck uh, Johnny <laughs> on the spot, beautiful volley. Goal. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was um, yeah, and after all the stick that um, that De Gea has got, mm. golden gloves
4: yeah, I mean he 's done well, goalkeepers but usually, if they go into decline, mm. the decline tends to be permanent terminal, if you know what I mean, um, but he keeps fighting. Um, Casimiro is another good example like Gibbs White somebody uh, came in everyone thinks oh he's massively they've overpaid for him Mm. but he's been the transform he's been the you know the transformatory player for that Mm. Manchester United team he has stabilised uh, a talented bunch of of players into a team Um, and the fact that he's got a few goals which he would never have been allowed to lead his own half playing for Real Madrid has only only been a bonus but this was another absolutely job done game wasn't it Mm. Bournemouth didn't need any more and um, hats off to them as well tremendous mm. achievement for them to stay up manchester united needing needing the win to keep to keep liverpool at bay every team everybody got what they wanted um united had 20 shots which is pretty good for the away team isn't it mm. yeah, they, they, I were, mean, they were it's in interesting though
3: if you take away the rickets in big games mm. he's had a great season that's why he won the golden it's a conundrum for united though because he does throw one in on time to time and yeah. but for those that say oh it's not been an improvement I can't believe this people saying it's not an improvement for United top four wow. league cup cup final and that's without a 30 goal a season striker I think Den Haag's done a brilliant totally job. Yeah.
4: totally transformed from from kind of jobs to more like a Manchester United team you'd expect
3: definitely
2: get, and get in, in, in any other season Gary O'Neill yeah. would be up there as he's a supposed contender he's be for... a bit of
3: a social yeah. media heartthrob Eric Tenhal. I can't really see it myself I think he needs a Gucci style hair system do you think so <laughs> apparently so women find him massively attractive but then I'm not a woman so Okay. Well, I don't.
4: I don't know where we were going yeah. with that,
3: Andy. <laughs>
4: What's um, going on here? Yeah, so Andy's claiming it's not he's, a woman. Pickling marrying the under twenty-one know, team. What's like, happening? Jerry
2: Springer. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Anyway, uh, yeah, well done to uh, Bournemouth. They got all their work done. Gary O'Neill's done an amazing job, Brilliant. but uh, yeah, uh, it wasn't too uh, desperate a defeat from their point of view.
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: We're reflecting on the Premier League weekend in the company of uh, Danny Kelly. We've looked at City, Chelsea, Forest, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Manchester United. We move on now to Wolves 1. Everton 1. What uh, a big point that was. Yeah, that, uh, one of the last kicks of the game, Yerry Mina, mm-hmm. the three centre-halves all in the box, all doing their thing. That's a Sean Dash goal, as he called it, a mentality
3: goal. Yeah. It was,
2: you know. They did stick at it. Um, I was with an Evertonian at, at this wedding yesterday, Danny, and uh, he was nervously keeping an eye on the West Ham lead score it is in their own hands now. Um, although they're going to go in without Calvert Lewin, that was pretty heartbreaking. He looked like he was in tears. I mean, he's had so many injury problems. You saw that hamstring go, which is a real shame for him, really.
4: I'm not. I'm not a, a, a doctor. I don't know, you know, about the physiology of this young man. But uh, I sounded like Ray Wilkins there, didn't I? Um, <laughs> which is a good thing in my book, yeah, by of the way. Um, they have got a big decision to make with Dominic Calvert Lewin. If you're not available to play, yeah. you're not. You're not. You're, the Premier League clubs can't carry you. Talented though he is, they're going to have to maybe go back to basics with this lad and find out what's actually wrong with him because it's, a, it's a, part of the problem. Is it's a different injury every time. Yeah. Um, very unfortunate. Um, first of all, hats off to Wolves. Yeah. Bottom at Christmas. Bottom at Christmas. Yeah. Um, mm. what, what a turnaround they've had. Um, and the Yeri Mina goal, quite apart, apart from being the most Sean Dyche goal of all time, as the two centre halves combine uh, late in the game three. to get an equaliser. <laughs> yeah. three, mm. a three, three, yeah, exactly right. right. Tarkovsky exactly had it.
2: Right. swung it in, and Mina yeah. on the end of it. <laughs>
3: Brilliant.
4: And the issue, the issue there was the ninety ninth minute, and uh, I think this is one of the games where we we've got to start to address what is. After we've largely got terrible fouling, deliberate fouling out of the game now. The next most pernicious thing is time wasting. Yeah. and Wolves fans were up in arms about the lateness of the equaliser, they've only got themselves to blame. Um, I watched the game the last the second half of the game, and Wolves were time wasting for about 20 minutes to go. And um, we see it all the time now, so called game management. Goalkeepers falling on the ball yeah, when that. they catch it, as though, as though they're protecting their fellow players from a hand grenade or something. Um, <laughs> get up and play the blinking football. Yeah, um, yeah. And because we saw during the week in, in Europe, the game involving Mourinho's Roma and Bayer Leverkusen, the ball was in play for less than 45 minutes. Um, and that is that you can't have people paying 70 quid to watch the first half of Macbeth. You've got no. to have the whole thing.
3: Yeah, but that's when well, they had on nine, ten minutes. That's right. Then that's fine. You yeah, know?
4: that's fine. Yeah.
3: Well, yep. that's apparently what, they, what happened at the weekend.
2: What game was it when the referee was asked why they'd added nine minutes honestly mm. Because we've been told to, you know. So they are getting to grips with it, which is good.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, still, it still breaks up the rhythm. And I would like yep. to see people booked more easily for time wasting. Absolutely, we, Especially goalkeepers. Go yep. Goalkeeper, 20, oh.
2: 20 minutes in, book the keeper. And then, he, you know, he'll take one in 80 minutes. Uh, yeah, but, but, if yeah, yeah, it but no, no minutes, book
4: him after 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Mm. Okay, mm. there's a very hard line approach we're taking. No, it's um, right. We're tough, we're yes, tough. Yes, we are. <laughs> West Ham, three
3: Leeds United, one Leeds yeah. took the lead. I think their, their record... Well, of, well, they took advantage of West Ham starting slowly because of Thursday and everything, yeah. but, you know... They Once
2: faded. they got their rhythm going, they did They did fade, didn't they? Just um, not good enough, are they, really? It looks... Pr- I mean, even with... Um, even when you lucks in, as it was with Sam, because he found a fiver on the touchline.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he dropped a fiver on the touchline, Sam? So he offered it to the fourth official, and the fourth official apparently wasn't... He didn't have a fiver fall out of his back pocket, so Sam. Well, Sam's up. He's up on the deal, really, despite the result. But it's, it's it's not looking good for Leeds at all, is it?
4: Oh, look, Sam clearly, I mean, afterwards, his comments, he was doing his best to bite his tongue. But um, he wanted to repeat his initial press conference. Remember when he said he was the best coach in the world? <laughs> um, and he wanted to blame the players here. And for a Sam Allardyce team, Leeds, once they conceded, talk about chaotic and you know, everyone knows how madly in love I am with Marcelo Bielsa, but he does leave behind chaotic teams after he's done his work. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, West Ham had six changes; they they were enjoying a day out in the, it, it, you know, with their cup finals to look forward to. Um, Bowen's form has returned. Rice is is get, getting more goals than he has previously, and as I say, you, Leeds can't. You, you, you've got to try and win the game but mm. not by just turning into total chaos because let's be honest West Ham might have had seven or eight by the end of that game and I'm not exaggerating
3: yeah. no, um, West Ham and- need, to, need to watch themselves next season because this has despite the European thing which has basically saved their season it's been mm-hmm. pretty poor and they're, they're going to lose their best player so if yes. you're going to lose your best player yeah. and you haven't been that great and always alarm in, bells, I think.
2: Yeah, and interesting what De- mm. Declan Rice said about keeping the intensity up before the final because, you know, we used to see it, didn't we, with like Bayern had win the league and then they'd have European semi-final coming up about three or four weeks later and they'd lost that intensity. Mm. And he's making the point that, yeah, you want to save yourself for the final, but as a team, they still have to keep on it going into that game.
4: Yeah, they've got a bit of luck in that the Europa, the, the two, those two finals are coming up pretty quickly, mm. whereas the Champions League final is is still on a distant event horizon. Yeah. Um, anything could happen to teams' forms between now and then. They're going to have to have almost a separate pre-season into Milan and Manchester City as they head towards that. It's only two, two, not it's so It's only bad. a
3: week after the Cup final.
2: It, it it wow, like it's worse it's worse for Inter. Inter. Yeah. yeah, it is worse for Inter. That mm. is very true. But, but um, and he's
4: pulled up my hyperbole there. Sorry, I'm not yeah, used to yeah, that. Yeah, well, it's true that Inter. Might as well
2: not turn up, let's be honest, but there we go. So, uh, what should we look at next? Um, new, we're going to have a quick look at Newcastle Leicester yeah. tonight. We're going to chat to Gavin Webster later on from sure. a Newcastle perspective. But it'd be interesting to talk about what Leicester face tonight. I mean, the, the, the feeling is, having looked at them play, you, you keep thinking you never. They go out there, they turn it on. But there's been absolutely no sign of them turning it on. With each passing game, they just look completely doomed. It's I'm like sure they
3: can't handle being down there.
2: Yes, yeah, I mean, they just they look very sorry for themselves. A lot of those players and you, um, you can't I mean, see anything you, for them tonight.
4: You look at it, you know, the, I will say this. I suspect this is one of the better squads of uh, players to get relegated out sort of the top division of English football. Mm-hmm. Um, as it as seems likely, they will get relegated. You know, the Telemans, Barnes, Madison, uh, you could go through that squad and, and most of them are Premier League standard players, very good Premier League players. Something has happened there and, you know, the game in hand would normally be such a precious thing. And the results went for them this weekend with Everton not winning and Leeds losing. Um, But to go to Newcastle on a night where they can clinch Champions League football for the first time in in decades, Mm. um, it couldn't imagine a worse task. And I know these are professional footballers and anything might happen. I'll tell you what might happen. They'll lose 4-0 to Newcastle. (laughs) That's what might happen.
3: Yes. it's uh, it's a bit of an audition for Madison, isn't it? And Newcastle have been linked with him for ages, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, look, if they
2: if they um if they don't get effort. anything tonight, uh, and Everton don't get anything on the last day, uh, with three points on the last day for Leicester, with their goal difference, they play West Ham at home. It, you know, I mean, you, mm-hmm. it, you know, they could lose tonight and still be in the mix, but you know, that's on the basis mm-hmm. that Everton won't get anything against Bournemouth at home. And, you know, Everton have been there a few times before and you're going back to Graham Stewart against Wimbledon. So yeah, did, they're kind of used to it, it really. So I would expect them to get something from that. So you don't want to go into that game needing something this evening. But, uh, yeah.
4: And, and just as you said that, you know, the, the the form of this season is a warning to West Ham Leicester getting relegated, you would expect that squad of players, even Sean of one or two of the better players, to come straight back up. But th- as we've seen again and again and again, hello, Norwich. It ain't that simple. That's not the way the championship works. It yeah. is the remarkable, number, the, though. Sorry, Danny, that mm, all, sorry, four,
3: no. so all, four, all three promoted teams stayed up. That is pretty unusual and, mm-hmm. and did well, really.
4: Yes, uh, and I am not. I, I don't have a, a theory about what what that means, um, but because uh, the, in, in theory the gap between the, the bottom half of the Premier League and the top of the Championship should be getting wider and wider, um, simply because of the way the finances work. But a brilliant season for the Championship in that they all in that they all stayed up, um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy Leeds or Leicester necessarily if those are the two that go down. You wouldn't automatically think they're going to come straight back up again either. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs>
2: We're looking back over the Premier League weekend with uh, Danny Kelly, as always, and we move on to uh, Tottenham Hotspur one, Brentford three, mm. and uh, up until half time, I think I'm sitting there in the sunshine enjoying some of the best football we've played for some time. And I thought, wow, this is this is a, a joy to watch. And there was always that slight nagging feeling, Danny, that. They needed to put away one of those other chances. um, But second half, completely different. They upped their game. Brentford, and as you said earlier on, absolutely clinical. Four chances, three goals, excellent finishing. Some pretty ropey defending. They clearly targeted um, Longley and uh, Davis. And Thomas Frank, as he often does, got it completely right. Well done to them, but uh, pretty woeful from Tottenham.
4: I mean... An extraordinary end to the home season for Spurs. Uh, exactly crystalline of how, how bad they've been this year. Once again, Fabian has to put together two halves of football, this time for Variety. They played well in the first half hmm. um, and then blew up in the second. They've been doing the opposite hmm. most of the time. I mean, the game that was inc- incredible for in many, many things. But am not trying to be funny here. The moment when you couldn't deny... That the the the, uh, the levy out chants were more than just a tiny fraction of oh, yeah. the crowd. It was the loudest and it's
2: ever been in the stadium, definitely. And his wife leaned it. across
4: yeah. and just touched his leg to to reassure him. That she, that was uh, she shouldn't have done that, because he could have pretended he couldn't hear it. Once she had done that, mm-hmm. then it's obvious mm-hmm. that what's going on and he well, started fiddling with his glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, really bad. I mean, you know, hats off to Harry Kane for yet another brilliant goal as he yeah. continues to carry the team around on his back. And the, Did you stay, Paul, for the hilarious um, um, um of appreciation and Danny, the
2: awards? No, I've just been called a part-time supporter by Simon Jordan. I Basically, Visser's <clears> shot had barely hit the net when my chair <laughs> clattered back. And I said, yeah. boy, see you next season. I was I was yeah, gone yeah, at yeah. that moment because I knew there was no... I mean, the back. big
3: question now for Tottenham going forward is... Obviously, it's Harry Kane, because we were talking about slot. You make a good slot. point, Andy, about slot, yeah, because you know, what job
2: are you walking into? Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah? So wh- whoever takes that job, if it's him, it's a completely different job if Kane stays or if Kane leaves. So if
2: you're taking if you're going to want to know, aren't you? That's, one of the, that, that's the first question, isn't it? Well, I mean, that's, that's course, pretty key. Of course,
4: absolutely. Um, and I think with the current atmosphere among um, less uh, level-headed fans than yourself, Paul... I think if Levy made a decision to sell him in in this summer, um, Mrs. Levy would have to get out the massage chair, never mind (laughs) tapping him on the leg, um, because he would be under extraordinary pressure. Now, I know that the finances of the game dictate you can't keep a player who's worth 80 million quid, whatever it is, with a year left on his contract. But these are not ordinary circumstances. This is a a club with a a vast amount of money, 11th or 10th richest in the world, depending on who you believe. Um, and a player that They couldn't replace them. How much money They got for him No
3: So, uh, so, many, so uh, many teams Could have done them With that 30 goals yeah. a season For the last five years Is incredible
2: I mean look it's it's If the player agrees to it To let him see out His contract He seems like the sort of guy That was on his contract As I'm um, saying with Jim and Simon I think the hope would be That a new manager Comes in Gives him some belief That they're heading In the right direction And he signs another contract and sees out his he, career. If not, he, is he a, walks away with a you know a huge payday because he'd be a, a free transfer, and that, that's that's the least he deserves for sticking uh, with know, Tottenham for a very long it, time. It's
3: very interesting because there's a lot of talk about Oh, Thomas Frank should go to Tottenham, but you, you know, he, Tottenham don't have what Brentford have got, neither no. Chelsea, but they don't. They don't have that structure that makes it work for him, and uh, you know. Uh, word for in as well. He's improved yeah, massively no, he was, on last season. He my was X, my yeah. mate, that's an exclusive so Brentford. Said used to say, "Brian, I can't use the exact words. He used, but Brian panics. Used to say oh okay, he, yeah, he, no, he, that's probably when not he gets he in said. front of goal, and uh, he doesn't anymore.' And those were no, that was. Great finishing yep. by him. Anyway, move on to, Move on, Paul, move yeah, on. Please yes. move on. I mean, you had a
2: morning doing the View from the Lane podcast. You're probably <laughs> yes, sick of talking yep. about Tottenham. Uh, well, I never get sick of it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: I, I, wish, I wish sometimes I could be more gleeful. Yes, yeah. of
2: course. Brighton three, Southampton one. It's uh, yeah. You keep a close eye on this as a proud Irishman, Dan. Of they, course.
3: They should send Todd Bowley mm. a hamper or something. Honestly, Brighton. In well, European yeah. football... After Potter leaving was the best thing that ever happened to them. A nice hamper. Hamper, yeah. That's nice. Just yeah. If you're listening, Todd, send them a hamper. Well, that seems the... You bet. Yeah. They'd never have made Europe with it if he'd stayed there. And £65 million for the hopeless Cucurella. I mean, blimey. Tremendous. Okay. Thank you,
2: it? caller. It's Andy from Chiswick. Not happy with the business Chelsea have been doing. Um,
4: yeah. So, yes, I mean, uh, Evan, Evan Of course, Ferguson. Evan Ferguson. Yeah. I mean, I say... Mm. It, I keep saying this, and i 'll say it again because it 's true, provided he doesn 't outgrow his body because he yeah. 's already a very big lad at eighteen, he still has another what two two and a half years normally for human beings to mm. fill out their frame. Um, everything he does is 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 really good. His positioning is fantastic. He's big enough that you can't be bullied off the ball, um, and he's not he's not one in, he's not concerned with getting worldies. He wants to just get the ball across the line, whatever way it comes yeah, to he could him. Be a bit of a Harland um, in
3: his career. Yeah, he knows, well, he's, he's fantastic. Player.
4: He's very very good indeed. And um, next one off to uh, City, uh, no doubt, as <laughs> um, <laughs> backup for yeah, Harland uh, yeah, and Alvarez. Can play him. <laughs> Played them, you know, again in the reserve team, which they put up, and they won the league title in February. Mm. Um, Southampton, I mean, I mean, Ruben Sellers afterwards uh, it was an odd quote and then of course he's speaking a second language when he said I hope the club treat me with respect mm. um, well I suspect they've already co- contacted Russell Martin at Swansea <laughs> yeah. about their season the, and I don't know what respect you can get you know you'll, you'll hand over the keys to the company car if such things still will happen mm. um, and you'll be thanked for your efforts that, 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 that's it yeah. because it, it, he's got mm. nothing out of the team either has no, he Ruben let's it, be honest it's a cruel
2: business no. and Russell Martin's an intro around Alex Crook, of course was cross that story and has heard on very. Good authority, it's happening, and he's he plays good football. I think Southampton fans mm. will like the football he plays. You know, he has a philosophy, and uh,
3: again, it's interesting with Ward Prowse. If I was him, I'd definitely leave, but I've got a feeling like Kane think he'd probably he might, stay. What to get him out of the league? Wow. Well, you know, I think these players have a sort of attachment to the club, a real love for the club, and it's hard for them to leave. But it would be interesting to see him play elsewhere because I think he's a good player
4: Uh, we move on great season for Brighton
2: yeah Yeah, very very good excellent well done to them getting into Europe it's fantastic Liverpool one Aston Villa Mm. uh, one and it was of course they brought on Firmino and Milner and there was it was all about Millie and Bobby, Millie and Bobby. I thought I was watching
4: Stranger Things <laughs> yeah. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> very good, Paul. Very, very, very good, yeah. good. But it was um, yeah. <laughs> Bow down to the master, that <laughs> <Yeah>. was fantastic. But
3: <laughs> <West> Where's <laughs> Brown have been playing? We'd have been
2: laughing, <laughs> It didn't happen for Lucas Moore yeah. in his final game, but it happened for uh, Bobby Firmino, didn't it? it was a, a, a kind of bit of a trademark finish, yeah. a sign of what what they would be missing, really.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, that great Liverpool front three mm. is it's starting to fade a little bit into uh, into the, the sort of depths of memory. Mm. Um, they, they've still got loads of great forward players. I mean, it's very nice. I, I dislike it intensely when you don't get a chance. And it happens all the time for any club to, to say goodbye to great servants. You know, it looks like Hugo Lloris may not get that kind of send off at Spurs, for instance, after eleven years with Mm. the football club. So I was pleased for Firmino, um, but the real story here is Aston Villa, isn't it? Yeah, Um, uh, struggling at at the start of the season, um, and now very, very, every possibility um, Mm. that they'll be in Europe uh, next season, and. you have to say, well done, to, to, obviously to the manager, but also to the players who've responded. I mentioned Tyrone Mings, but there are others as well. McGinn, mm, McGinn. is playing out of his yeah, skin. absolutely brilliant. Um, and at the start of the season, people were saying he's got to be dropped, captain of the club and all the rest of it. Um, and they were the better team. Yeah, they I thought. could have were. too uh, late yeah. off, couldn't they? And, uh, I thought they were the better team. That's a big um, setback
3: for Liverpool, though. They've definitely blown top four now. They've got, they've got virtually no chance. So, whereas no. had they won, it would have put a pressure on.
2: Yeah, Newcastle and United got two games left to get get that point. One point. point. Yeah, yeah, and you you can't see that not happening. But yeah, well done to Villa and well done to Unai Emery. A a bit of a, sadly a bit of a figure of fun after his time at Arsenal, but no one's laughing now, Danny, I'd say.
4: Uh, No, we we all knew he was a proper manager. Anybody can fail at Paris Saint-Germain. In fact, everyone fails at Paris Saint-Germain and the Arsenal thing was just something that didn't work out. It can happen.
2: Uh, We finished then with Fulham to Crystal Mm. Palace. Two are all kind of end of season yeah, game
3: My main takeaway from this game was Had Joachim Anderson been working on a new combination Punch combination Yes that's right He's <laughs> a been, straight left hook been in them. the gym all week with Tyson Fury <laughs>
2: um, the, yeah. the, A couple of the papers picked up on it But one of the surprises of the season for Fulham Has been William isn't it Because you thought w- William really you're bringing him back to the Premier League he was I don't a suppose Andy awful.
3: recognises the footballer he was a, like he said, he's his most Chelsea, consistent season. He, he was great sometimes at Chelsea. He was very inconsistent play. play well for sort of 10 games. Then he'd be useless and you'd be really annoyed with him. Yeah. Arsenal, he was hopeless. But here at Fulham, he's been brilliant. I mean, absolutely consistent yeah. in a way that he's never been before.
4: Yeah, I mean, he and Joe Palhinha have been absolute revelations. Um, Mitrovic, we could have predicted, you know, that he would be A, very good at scoring goals and B, suspended for large chunks of the season. That was obvious, you know. Um, Roy Hodgson deserves a load of credit here as mm. well. Even if he's not going to get the job full-time, what he's done is bought Palace some time to sort themselves out because despite their excellent run recently... You look at that squad. It and you. All right, I'll put it another way. Look at the bench they had at Craven Cottage. Mm. That needs that squad needs another massive uplift. Mm. Whoever is in charge there. But Roy has bought them the time to do it in the Premier League rather than in the Championship. Yeah. And again, as I say, at the start of the season, if you said we'd end up with with Roy Hodgson and Sean Dyche and Sam Allardyce managing football clubs in the Premier League in 2023. You have laughed at me, but yeah, I'd laugh at myself. But that's that's what we got to. Well, he's you know he's often
2: seen as quite a rigid coach, quite a defensive coach. But he's got Their two most creative players in Elise and they're playing. I mean, if it's they if that go- would have been one of the goals it's gonna of the be interesting season, if they if, can if, keep if they,
3: them, a lot of clubs would like. Yeah, it.
2: I mean, that lovely great. little ball over the top by and the shot from Elise just round the post, which would have been a sensational yeah. goal. But yeah, they're playing with real freedom. Those two aren't they? Clearly.
4: the point is Roy is a pragmatist now often that means that you're defensive but in this case the pragmatic thing is what I've got is good attacking players so we have to attack yeah
1: pretty simple. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast
0: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
1: nice dress Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt
0: until you tried it on same goes for your health care
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: We were interested in your non-deplumes, your fake names yeah. that you may be operated under. We've had some interesting ones come in. Um, although uh, the listener says non plumes n-o-n-d-y, so I'm thinking that's a good name to actually. <laughs> I'm going to uh, book tables in the name of non Plumes. <laughs> Um, he says, I sometimes go under the name of Barry Bushman, a legendary and fictional Djiboutian footballer. He was superb in FIFA on the Xbox. That's not going to help you get a table, is it? Well, Barry Bushman, I'd I give him a table. <laughs> I would You said you're one of the best players ever in Djibouti.
3: Did you see uh, Ruth Wilson, the fine actress, mm. uh, was in a play, a 24-hour play. She was on stage for 24 hours. Wow. Apart from a break, I think, every two hours. I mean... Comfort break. But it, it was it was doing... What's the play it, it was, about? Well, it was the same scene, performed about a hundred times, with different actors. Oh. What a load of nonsense, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you,
2: you give it one hand down, and you take well, the you other. Know, Congratulations, stamina, Ruth, tremendous. But, as, as I trash your work.
3: <laughs> well, no, I didn't see
2: it, but um, it wasn't for me. This one, uh, I used to enter karaoke competitions, um, which was decided by Clapometer, or a version under the name, he says, of Neville Sponge. <laughs> Not that I was a good singer, but whenever they read out the name, it would get a collective, oh, bless, from the voting crowd. Uh, and that was uh, me in pole position. Nice. Neville Sponge. Neville Sponge is a, a Very, name. very good. Nondi Plume, as it says uh, here. I'm going to go with that from now on. The
1: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Annie Jacobs here on Talksport. Gavin Webster, comedian and Newcastle fan, joins us a little bit later on from St James's Park <coughs> ahead of uh, the match there tonight, which we bring you live on Talksport. The we'll build-up from six with uh, Adrian and the team at St James's Park. Um, also, uh, will be. Um, Having a chat with Andy Goldstein, uh, he'll be popping in a little bit later on because they're here at four, building up to that match and more in drive. But before all of that, there's not many ex-Manchester United goalkeepers who, when they finally hang up their boots, they do so as a striker. Mm. Uh, but that's uh, that's what Luke Steele did. He called it a day uh, last week. He's moving into coaching. Um, but yeah, he was a goal scorer rather than uh, somebody saving them. He joins us now. Hi, Luke. Hi, guys. You're right. Yeah, good, hey, thank you. you. Yeah, I was, I was reading your story at the weekend. It was fascinating, really. You said you kind of fell out of love with goalkeeping.
5: Yeah, well, it's it's not quite right. I mean, I still loved goalkeeping. I didn't feel like I was the same goalkeeper. As we get older, we change. But in all honesty, it was a burning desire to play outfield, which I had probably from... I played midfield until I was about 13 alongside being a goalkeeper and then had to make the choice. So I suppose I never got that opportunity to really play outfield. And when I was in the later stages, especially with Panathinaikos and at Nottingham Forest, I felt like it was just something that was on my mind and, and wouldn't actually happen. But when I had the opportunity to go to other clubs, and or, um, I, I kind of said no and that's fell into playing up front. I thought I'd be a midfielder, but I ended up as a striker. So yeah. did about two years playing up front, yeah. But over the course of
3: your career, I mean, keepers have needed to be much better with their feet than they were when you started.
5: Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to play in the championship for most of my English career. But at 29, I moved to Panathinaikos um, and got to play in the Europa League. And that's when I really realised that, you know, I can actually play with my feet. And um, it's a shame I was never at a club that played out from the back. But hmm. 29 to 32, that's all I did, you know, play short and I hardly hit the halfway line. It's just passing and, and making that kind of rondo style um, to move up the pitch, which I'm, you know, very grateful for and I loved I love the three years I did that. Do
2: you think it helped you as a when you were playing as a striker, coming up against goalkeepers, kind of second guessing them, knowing how they're likely to react because you played in that position for most of your career?
5: Do you know what? The um, the game on Thursday, I know it's obviously a bit of a laugh and it's it's a lower, lower standard to what, um, people can imagine but the goal i scored to make it four or three and we actually won the league mm. um, and sent the crowd into hysterics as you can imagine was a shot from outside the box and as he hit it i could tell he had topspin and the, which means the ball's going to move and dip and the keeper just fumbled it and i was already on my way and i slotted it home and i thought you know what out of all the goals i've scored uh, all the different levels i've played the last two years that was definitely one that I got from being a goalkeeper because I know how hard it is to hold on to those ones that just dip in front of you. And it sounds crazy, but I actually went through my mind as soon as the lab Martin hit the ball. Um, you know, I was the first one there to tuck it up, tuck it home when the keeper didn't didn't hold
2: it. Have you been recognised playing games? People saying, "On, aren't you a goalkeeper? Aren't you <laughs> Luke Steele?"
5: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's been a bit of a yeah up and down like that. When mm. I was playing for and Rangers, which is like step five for anybody listening. Step five's. You know where the boys start to get paid. Mm. Um, I think I think they took it personally, and you know had some real good battles with centre halves who obviously weren't happy about playing against a 37 year old goalkeeper who's <laughs> you know playing the same level as them. So you know you'd have some banter and and, and obviously um, at, at whatever level football's so competitive. And I played against some tremendous lads that after the game they've had a beer with me and you know we've chatted and we've had a laugh and yeah it's been it's been really interesting some of the centre halves that. I think have actually played better because they don't want to get done by a by next goalkeeper.
3: Yeah, of course, goalkeepers can make great managers. Of course, I mean Dino Zoff and people like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's been plenty over the years. How are you finding that side of it?
5: Well, you know, you say you say that guy, you say oh, Dino's off, and then there's plenty. But I often have that thought in my head at the moment by being a manager. You know, how many more is there? I don't think there is a great deal, you know, not to disagree with you straight away, but you okay, know, off a bit of an exception, but I just don't feel like there has been. And I bit like being a striker, that is the one thing that's actually driven me on to be a manager so far. You know, I've only done it for four or five months, um, but already, you know, it's not often that the goalkeepers become the manager. And I think, again, it's just something that's, you know, um, put a little bit of drive, extra drive in me. I don't know what it is, but to kind of prove people wrong. Um, you know, I know a lot of goalkeepers have had a go at it and then it's, you know, not worked out. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes at Peterborough Sports because, um like I said, I'm only four or five months in. So, it's interesting.
2: Julian Lopetegui, uh, goalkeeper. Harry Gregg. You know, Harry Gregg was the manager, wasn't he? He's not done too bad. Do you know I'm trying to think? Mike Walker. Um, yeah. Uh, who else? Um, I'm trying to think. You're right. You know, there's not millions, are there? There are not millions of, of people that exactly. have gone on to become well-known goalkeepers.
5: <laughs> It's
2: good homework for us all anyway. Yeah, that's right.
5: Um, I
2: was going to say to you, yeah, I mean, your career was in, you, you were with Barry Fry at, at Posh, Adrian Dams, very own Posh, and then there was a lot of clubs after you, wasn't there? Like Ch- uh, Charlton Arsenal, Spurs, etc. But You you chose Manchester United. You didn't, maybe didn't get the games that you would have liked, but it probably was a great experience, wasn't it? Who was there at your time? Yeah,
5: um, I got sold quite young in my first year of the YCS. Um I played two first team games for Posh and then was, you know, sold to United. All my heroes, to be honest, lads. I mean, Ryan Giggs um is the first one that I had posters on the wall of Roy Keane, Beckham, Van Estroi, people like Varon, obviously all the young players, Skolds, but Neville's and people like that. But Bartez was the number one. So from watching the 98 World Cup final, um, this incredible, strange, you know, shape of a goalkeeper because he was only small. You know, he was he was somebody I was working with all the time from the start. So it was just a really strange, um, surreal time. But yeah, I didn't get to play. I mean, I, I was on the bench a few times and stuff. But look, there's no shame in that. I think the young the young side of goalkeeping at Manchester United is so so difficult because you are up against a checkbook and a lot of pressure. You know, and Ben, ben Foster I think has come the closest. And I've always said if a keeper comes through the youth setup. Manchester United and becomes the number one goalkeeper, he will be the best goalkeeper that ever lived. <laughs> yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and, yeah no, I know. Um, I know what you mean.
3: De Gea won the Golden Gloves uh, again, and that's a pretty terrific achievement. What do you make? I mean, some, he's been under pressure at times this season, been making mistakes in big games, but in the end, it looks like he's had a decent year.
5: Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I mean, I think that there's better goalkeepers out there. I think that playing out from the back, um, there's certainly better goalkeepers out there that are in the world-class um, box, if you like, the Man, Man City and Liverpool for starts. Um, shot-stopping is incredible. And again, I've, I'm probably somebody who's jumped on, you know, not shouted from the rooftops, but seen him make mistakes and gone flipping out, you know, how many is he allowed to make? But then this stat comes out that he's won the Golden Glove and kind of shuts me and lots of other people up. So you can't argue with that. Um, I think it's hard to compare him because he hasn't got the trophies of Michael and other goalkeepers, but you know he's he's an incredible uh, servant to the club, and I you know I wish him all the best. I just hope that they keep him because of what he does rather than money reasons, because I I know that obviously they spent such uh, a large amount on him, um, you know, and moving forward he won't go on forever, so they'll have to start thinking about who's going to be the replacement but mm. it's a tough one i think it all depends on how the manager wants to play if you want to play total football from the back then he's not the guy in my opinion but again if that doesn't add up with the checkbook then you know it's not like you're stuck with a poor goalkeeper he's a very very good goalkeeper um but yeah it depends what the manager and the system want to play
2: and uh and um, finally luke um you Probably played most of your games in your career and you had your longest yeah. spell at Barnsley and some of that under Mark Robbins. And of course, he's he's at Wembley at the weekend in the, the championship playoff final. Um, how did you find him as a manager? He's clearly done a good job at Coventry, hasn't
5: he? Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. I mean, I was on loan there in 2004, and four five season and played in the, the last season of Highfield Road. Um, since then the club's just you know been on a downward spiral and we all know what's what's gone on but mark robbins to answer your question is probably in my top two managers that I've had and i've had a lot trust me I've had a lot of <laughs> managers and I always liked him and i uh, i remember spitting my dummy out a little bit when he left Barnsley um years ago thinking oh no this is the one guy i thought was going to change it all and and all the rest of it but I knew he was a really good manager and I love the fact that he stayed with one club for a long time. I mean, you know, I I still am a bit of romantic on that side of things and I think it's brilliant when a manager sticks with a club and, you know, takes them all the way. But on the flip side of that, quickly, Rob Edwards sat in my living room at the age of 32 because mm. we played together under Mark Robbins at um, Barnsley and I remember him saying, um, he said, oh, clearly I'm going to retire at the end of the season and become a top manager like Pep and, um, I think it's Mourinho he said. Mm. And I was like, why is that? And he said, you know, I'm going to, you know, I've got a bit of a dodgy knee. I think he wanted to retire early and go into management. And I texted him that this week. And I said, look, you sat in my living room in Leeds in 2013, I think it was, and said, I'm going to quit and I'm going to become a top Premier League manager. And now he's on the verge. So fair play to him hey. as well. So I can't really lose from that aspect. I'm no. watching two teams um, that I've got a little bit of history with both managers. And, you know, I can't really lose on the day. He said, that's nice to watch.
2: Brilliant. Well, look, lovely to talk to you, Luke. Um, thanks for joining us and best of luck in uh, your the, the club you're at now. Tell us tell us who you're looking after. Uh, you're a joint manager, aren't you, at a club?
5: Yes, yeah, so I'm joint manager of Peterborough Sports, which is in the Conference North. Um, we are a small outfit. I think we're the smallest club by far in that league, um, playing against some tremendously big clubs. And, yeah, I've been at it four or five months. The calculator's out at the moment. we <laughs> trying to negotiate and work out players' wages, which is near impossible. Um, but yeah, you know, we're looking for more fans, more sponsorship and, you know, it's just a joy to work at, at a nice little club like this. It's, they're really, really family people. Um, and yeah, we're going to give it another good go because the lads did tremendous despair last year. The Hawksby
2: and Jacobs Daily Podcast: Goalkeepers that were decent managers.
5: We've oh, been yeah. asking
2: the question. Jock Wallace says Ronnie Falconer, former yeah. keeper, yeah. managed Rangers, Leicester City, Motherwell, and Sevilla, He points yeah. out, yeah. and our own uh, Charlie Baker's uh, been in touch. Uh, Bromley manager Andy Woodman, goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, Gareth uh, Let me Southgate play for Torquay. Gareth Southgate's <laughs> best mate. No, I don't
1: think he ever did. No, but right, obviously, okay. he's,
2: he's in the sa- he was in the same <laughs> league. Sorry, Charlie, as Torquay no longer. So um, yeah, you can keep those coming. Keep telling us. Uh, we're looking for goalkeepers that had decent managerial careers. We spoke to the former United keeper, Luke Steele, earlier on, and he made the point there have not been many, have there, over the years. Um, we were also yeah. asking you about um, your. Um, Fake names, if you've ever come up with any over the years. And uh, you've given us a few. Neville Sponge. Um, Somebody goes out as Barry Bushman, which apparently was big on Fever and the Xbox back in the day. Mm. And what else have we got here? I always use a Cornish name when I live there. When I return on holidays, they uh, charge outsiders a lot more. So, <laughs> yes, um, yes, uh, has he put his name on this? He act- actually told us what it is, uh, the name that he went with. But anyway, thank you, John, the uh, the Tottenham fan. Um, I used to use the name Danny Ocean after the character in Oceans 11, 12, 13, mm. etc. When booking a table at an exclusive restaurant. Uh, no idea why, it just sounds cool. Nobody's ever pulled me up on it. Uh, apparently. And Stephen Tring says at a local nightclub in the 80s you were required to sign in with name and address. Me and my mate always signed in as Frank Flintstone and Barney Rubble mm. giving a bedrock address. Um, it was uh, unnoticed uh, every Friday for weeks until one night the cashier said, ah, oh, Mr Flintstone, we've been expecting you, <laughs> Bond style, says uh, Steve. Uh, Tristram Shout, I've used that one a few times, uh, says Casper in Basildon. Not a bad little nom de plume. No. So thank you for all of those uh, this afternoon. Did you see Louis Capaldi's statue that uh, has been created for yeah, him? Yeah, I did. It's it was quite, strange. It's quite interesting. Yeah. It's quite scary. It was like it was. It looked like um, quite an early Doctor Who um, villain, didn't it? It looked <laughs> it like very it had odd. been done on the cheap. But I'm sure everybody put a lot of work into it. So apologies if they did. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Andy? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you've got a minute. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, um, the floor is
3: yours. Thank you. Uh, it was a great photo in the Sunday Times yesterday of an Indonesian fire ant. The Indonesian wow. fire ant. They're a good team, the Indonesian fire ants. <laughs> Tremendous, aren't they? Yeah, I think they're playing. They, they might try and get them in the IPL at some stage. <laughs> it, it, it's one of the strongest creatures on Earth oh, yeah. relative to its size. Mm. So they bit like yourself. Very much so. Yeah. And uh, look, it's carrying a whole strawberry there. Look, the strawberry's dwarfing
2: it. Where's he? The can top you see there. him? Oh, he's at the top. There's
3: no, a little thing at the top there. Wow, he's carrying it by the stalk. Yeah. He's hard, isn't he? He's as strong as an Indonesian fire ant. Yeah, that's one would be... A, a <laughs> tremendous player,
2: John. He's a... Maybe... I wonder, I wonder if Sam, Sam or Danny can get that in tonight. <laughs> yeah, somehow. As strong as an Indonesian fire ant. And that was um, amazing picture. I think it
3: was in the sun on Saturday of a, a painting, a 400-year-old painting by Ferdinand yeah. Boll. Did you see this? And they were, like, the shoes that the character was wearing... It had like the Nike swoosh on it. Really? Yeah, From sure what? Really. From what era was this? 400 years ago. I wonder if they're going
2: to sue. <laughs> Nike will still go after him. FB1s, I've got. Yeah, or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we talked years and years ago, and we had some quite mm. interesting ones coming from the listeners. An, uh, an irrational dislike of, and I asked about players that, or, that you had a, an irrational dislike of. This one is completely irrational, and I've completely mm. forgotten about him until yesterday. Uh, It was Mike Williamson. Mike Williamson uh, these days is the boss of Gateshead. They uh, went to Wembley to play in the uh, FA Trophy yesterday against Halifax. And my rational thing is, Mm. Tottenham lost 1-0 to Newcastle in a game when he was there, when he was playing for Newcastle. Mm. And he'd not had any clog from anybody, he just was playing his game in the way he did, in a typical Mike Williamson-like way. But he got right in our faces when Newcastle scored. Do you know when he was <laughs> staring kids. out at the Tottenham fans, giving it large. And I, that it's all, it just drove how me mad. How dare to, you celebrate how, scoring how against How dare us. you, Mike <laughs> Williamson, when we'd not been having a pop at you, you'd not been singled out for anything. He, he over-celebrated in front of his Spurs that. fans. So I've had a, a, an irrational, and, you know, he's probably a lovely fella, an irrational dislike. So I kept an eye on the score. They lost one nil. Oh, damn. There we are. They lost one. <laughs> yeah. Were you happy? But I, well, I wasn't happy. I mean, it's <laughs> pathetic. It is pathetic, but I'm sure uh, the listeners have got players like that. Just a minor little thing like that and I've never forgiven it. It's path- yeah, it is. It is pathetic. There's no other word for it. But I know commiserations to all the Gateshead fans. Well done, Halifax. Um, um, so, we're going to have a chat with Kieran Maguire very shortly from the Price of uh, Football podcast although according to this our producer has put from the price is right podcast (laughs) (laughs) the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast there we are that was this afternoon's show i'll uh, be back here tomorrow with charlie baker and he returns on wednesday correct do hope you can join us uh, tomorrow from one if not the podcast as always will be available Around 4 o'clock. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to the Hawksby & Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m.
0: on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns.